Everybody, welcome to Spade the Podcast. My name is Anthony Henderson. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, everyone out there, thank you so much to all my friends, to all my family. Thank you so much for supporting me. Um, I'm so excited to finally be putting this together, and this is actually premiering on a very special day. This is Juneteenth. Whoop, whoop. So <laughs> thank you all again for supporting me. Um, I'm not going to take too much of your time because I know you guys are anxious for my guest um, to come out because I have three special guests here, and we're going to dive right on in. But just to give you a brief background of what exactly Spade is, Spade is not a, um, this is not going to be a podcast where I'm going to teach you how to play Spades or teach you how to um, bid on your books or anything like that. This is actually a podcast dedicated to the African-American community in regards to mental health awareness. So SPADE is an acronym, and it stands for Suicide, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Anxiety, Depression, and Epilepsy. So you're probably wondering, okay, how does that all correlate together? Well, I'm going to talk about that correlation a little later, but coming up next, I will have my guest, and we're going to dive right on in. So stay tuned. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome again back um, to my podcast. Uh, that was, we just had a quick uh, commercial break. Um, so now I have with me my guest. Um, I have my cousin and then two of my friends. Um, I have Travis, Pebbles, and Fanus. So hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hey. Hey, hey, what's up? Thank you guys so much for coming on and supporting me through my very first podcast. This is my very first episode on racism and mental health and on the release of Juneteenth. So I'm super excited. And again, like I said earlier, I'm just excited that everyone um, is supporting me with this release. So thank you guys so much. Um, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> First one, baby. Yes. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna introduce um my cousin first, Pebbles. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um 
Let's give a little background about yourself to our uh, listeners out there. All right. Well, my name is Pebbles Grayson. I currently reside in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I am a speech language pathologist at a inpatient rehab. So I work with adults, just helping them improve their communication, swallowing, and cognition. And I am super excited to be a part of this today. Thank you. Thank you again so much for being a part of it. Um, I'm super, again, super excited. I just keep saying that because this is just insane to me that I'm able to do this right now. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I have also on the line, Travis, how are you? <laughs> hey, Anthony, I'm well, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, tell our viewers about yourself. Yes, well, I am originally from South Carolina. Uh, I reside in the D.C. area, the DMV area, and I am an educator, a dean of students with the D.C. public school system. And I've been living here in this area for roughly seven years, and I have a great desire to, to make an impact um, on our youth and uh, the community at large. Also an avid lover of music and ministry, which is a favorite pastime to write and sing and uh, to send forth some great positive vibes out into the earth. And thank you so much for having me with your first podcast. I'm, I'm honored to do it. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being on. All right. So now we finally have a friend of mine um, from good old Spartan High. I think... I think we met in Spartan High, or was it McCracken? I can't remember. Fainus, how are you? <laughs> hey, Anthony, I am great, man. Um, first of all, want to say I'm going to uh, piggyback off you. Just excited, man, um, for this opportunity to uh, join you on your podcast and use this platform to really um, educate and inform people. But um, my name's Fainus Barno. I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina. I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where I work for a company called Sunbelt Rentals. Um, we rent construction equipment, and I work as a sales rep for them. And um, I've been doing that for about three years now. And um, just really excited to be able to touch the youth. I actually started. Um, volunteering as a little league football coach as well who, uh, here in Charlotte too. So um, oh, nice. I played sports growing up my entire life and um, a lot of great men impacted me through sports. So being able to give back um, as a little league coach is uh, one of my passions. Nice, nice. Well, welcome again to Spade the Podcast. Welcome all of you. Thank you guys again for coming on. Um, just want to let you, uh, my listeners, know that um, each episode, I'm going to try and have a guest, a special guest on, and we're going to have our dialogue on our uh, topic that we're going to discuss. And so, again, welcome Travis, Pebbles, and Fainus to Racism and Your Mental Health, Part 1. So we're going to dive right in and... I want to get uh, from your viewpoints um, describing the meaning of racism. 
So um, actually, before I before you guys answer, I want to uh, speak on that. So to me, describing the meaning of racism from my viewpoint, that is pretty much a, I guess you can say, um, a superiority attitude, sort of speak, of another race. Um, I was actually looking at this article um, from the Journal of Counseling Psychology, and it's called Perceived Racism and Mental Health Among Black American Adults, a Meta-Analytic Review. And their definition of racism um, has been defined as an ideology of racial superiority followed by discriminatory and uh, prejudicial behavior in three domains, which is individual, institutional, and cultural. And so with that being said, it's just so much going on with this world and how racism has just come to pass, in my opinion, as of now. Um, Pebbles, what do you, what's your view on that? So I agree with the fact that, um, with racism, a lot of people or some people in this world, they view, um, the color of your skin as you being inferior to them Mm -hmm. and being that. I mean, I, for me, I can't change the color of my skin and I don't want to change the color of my skin. Right. Um, but it's just, it's, it's sad that not only do people believe that, that's a belief that people have, but they act on that in order to oppress people, mostly or mainly minorities. Right. And for me, um, and it's, it's bigger than just a belief because then it goes into like systemic racism Mm -hmm. where people are discriminated upon, whether that be in the workplace, whether that be um, being able to obtain housing, Mm -hmm. having fair and equal health care. And all of this is stemming from the color of the skin of skin. So um, I think it's something that, I don't know if one day it will be alleviated. Um, I think this is just something that is so embedded in our, our country that I don't think it's something that'll, that'll ever go away. Right. Right. And I, I agree with that. Uh, Fainus, what do you, what's your uh, view on that? You know, the definition of racism to me is 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 simple. Is is really the fear and ignorance of someone due to their skin color. Right. And for black since we've been brought here, it's always been a fear of us just due to the color of our skin. And I agree 100% with Pebbles. Racism isn't going anywhere. If anything, it just evolves. Right. 
And what I see racism now is everything that you cannot see. Right. Because that's the scariest thing. It's someone thinking that they aren't racist, but they're still racist at the end of the day, where maybe by the way that they just even think of you due to the color of your skin. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've had the opportunity and privilege of working in corporate America my entire working career, which is not long. Mm -hmm. But racism is the simple comment of, oh, well, I'm not going to touch your hair because I'm going to come back with a handful of grease. Mm -hmm. Or can I touch your hair? Or touching your hair and not even asking. Mm -hmm. Or that, oh, just because you're black, you've got to be poor, ignorant, and from the hood. Mm Mm-hmm. And those thoughts that people have are powerful. Exactly. And that's that's really what I see racism as today. It's the things that you can't see. Right. Right. Travis, what do you think? I agree with everything that's been said from Pebbles to Famous, um, Anthony. I think that what's so unfortunate is that racism uh, can be intentional or unintentional. Mm. Uh, and and if I were to define it, I would say uh, that racism is intentional or unintentional biases that adversely promote classism, prejudice, laced with bigotry, hate, and inequity. Mm. Uh, I absolutely agree with the fact that racism is embedded, just like uh, Pebbles said, within our country. Uh, racism is, is almost um, a culture, and you can't always see it uh, with the, the natural eye. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so, so cancerous to our nation, because I think that people believe that uh, because they treat you, uh, quote unquote, nice or with a smile on you know, their faces, that they're not racist. Uh, I've been hearing uh, lots of of blanketed statements uh, during this uh, pandemic, this social injustice pandemic that we're in during this time, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, something um, so uh, to speak as, well, uh, I have uh, black friends or I uh, have a a black uh, coworker that I work with, or, you know, my son or my daughter, you know, has a a black friend that Mm -hmm. he or she sports with or, or, you know, is uh, BFFs with in school. And, and some of those blanketed statements uh, lend themselves uh, that people would believe that they are not racist. But we have so much work to do in terms of, of racism and, and ridding it. And, and I do believe that perhaps racism will never go away. But I do think that we have to be proactive and we have to work uh, together collectively uh, so that we would take a stand against uh, racism and to teach people uh, what privilege looks like versus uh, what racism and what prejudice looks like so that we uh, would be empowered and so that we also would educate people to let them know that racism is not okay and and we won't tolerate it. I agree with that. Um I remember going back to Fanus, what you were saying. I remember when I had dreads and, you know, people used to try and, I guess, um, play in my hair, the, you know, uh, white people. And they would say comments like, 
Oh, um, your hair, it looks like Cheetos. Um, or can you wash your hair? How does that work? Or is your hair like oily or how does that work? I, I would get those comments and it, it would it would irritate me and I'm just like what what why would you even ask that? That that is why would you even go there? And that was back in 2008. Yeah, 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 2008, 2009, all during that time. It's 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 so sad that people um, with this with this stigma that they have. That's like Pebble said, or like all of you have said, it. It's just embedded in them, and it's a generational thing. It it really is a generational thing. Um, and, and Anthony, like to just kind of piggyback off. Is, is so many things like it, the sure ignorance. That's mm -hmm. what pops to my mind. And, and like I said, the unknown, you know, even I've been at the, you know, the beach or the lake with other white friends and they, Oh, black people, you wear sunscreen. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I've gotten that comment too. Yes. It's like, I have skin just like you. Right. But for them not to know, it's it's and, and a lot of times I don't think it's coming from a mean place or malicious by any means. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's like Pebble said, it's racism that still needs to be confronted. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 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 Uh, but going back to with everything going on, um, we're talking about, and, and I'm going to talk more on this with part two, with the uh, police uh, brutality. Um, do you guys feel a sudden rush of anxiety or a sudden rush of fear when a cop pulls up beside you or behind you? Like, what's your what's your take on that? Because I know with me... Um, and if I'm doing like, I'm, if I'm doing a speed limit or whatnot, and I just see a, a cop randomly just out the blue, just kind of just pulls and starts following you. Cause I, that's happened to me one time when the cop has, has, they haven't followed me, but they, they went behind me, but then they went um, another way. But it's just like my whole my whole anxiety just, I, it just took over and I'm just like, oh my God, please do not stop me. Please do not pull me over because you just don't know what's going to happen. You really don't know if you are going to be the next person that's going to make, be a hashtag and mm. not a good hashtag. Like you, you just don't yep. want to be that person at all. What do y'all think? And and Anthony, I, I guess I'll start off and I, I, I drive for a living um, being in outside sales. Um, but the the um, view of an officer in my rearview mirror, like you said, I'm getting anxiety. If he's getting close 
then I'm, I mean, my heart is beating out my chest. Um, I yeah. have had cops, like you said, kind of follow me to see where I'm going. Um, I have been pulled over before um, for speeding. And the first thing I, I've been and, and I, I've had to have the conversations from my parents. What do you do as a young black man being pulled over by the police, mm-hmm. which is is sad, but a conversation that has to be had. And it's 2020. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I got pulled over and I turned my car off, dropped my keys out the window and put both of my hands on the steering wheel the entire time. Yeah. Um, just because, like you said, you know, Anthony Travis is black man. You get pulled over. You could be the next Ashton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you are doing everything correctly. Mm-hmm. That's and right. the officer came up to me and he says, sir, why? Why did you throw your keys out out the door? What what what's going on? I said, officer, I'm a black man. Yeah. And I do not want anything to happen. And I'm scared. I told him, I said, I am scared, officer. And I mean, this guy was was very nice, picked up my keys, gave it to me, um, ensured me that, you know, that I was safe and even apologized that I felt that way. But, you know, any encounter with a cop, whether it's driving, walking, uh, walking into a gas station, I almost feel like I go out of my way to say, hello, officer, just praying that he doesn't think that I'm some sort of threat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like I should jump in right there as well, uh, being that um, I'm another African-American male perspective here on this topic. And the short answer is yes, absolutely. I do feel uh, heightened anxiety just at the mere sight of uh, police or law enforcement, uh, particularly on the highway. Um, so when I see a police, you know, pulling up behind me, uh, yes, uh, my blood pressure changes and, you know, I feel anxious and I feel fear. And I really think that there's something great to be said about that on, on both ends, you know, in terms of uh, education, uh, I feel like uh, being educated on uh, proper etiquette and how to speak and how to communicate, I think that's very important. I think that's paramount on both ends, mm-hmm. whether it be myself or, or other African-American males that are in situations where we might you know, end up getting over. Uh, and also, uh, I think that it is uh, the law enforcement's responsibility to also have some additional training because we're living in times where uh, you know, videos are are easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Social media is easily you know accessible, and so we're seeing um, you know not only uh, good but but bad. And here now we're seeing uh, a lot of negative uh, happening um, in our world in terms of police brutality. And I believe that there needs to be some training. There needs to be some classes. There needs to be some teaching uh, that law enforcement needs to be held accountable for undergoing uh, because they need to uh, have an awareness and an understanding that we are afraid and and we have a right to be afraid because of the things that that we have seen. Um, I also, uh, on the other side of that, I do believe that accountability is important as well as integrity, as well as uh, being 
self-aware and being educated. We have to be uh, even self-aware uh, of our body language, uh, just like uh, Mr. Famous, you know, speaking about him, you know, throwing his keys out. That comes from from fear, from terror, because we understand that one wrong move might cause us our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very important that those conversations are held uh, with our parents and, and with, you know, people of our communities to say, hey, this is how you need to conduct yourself when you're in a situation with the police. It might not help every situation, but it might rectify some. Right, right. I, I completely agree with that. Pebbles, what do you what do you think? Um, so my heart definitely skips the beat. Whether a police officer is beside me or behind me. Um, and typically, like it's like you don't want to overreact because then you're drawing attention to yourself, right? And right. you may not be doing anything wrong. So for me, if a cop is behind me, like I'm checking everything. Like, okay, my hands are on 10 and 2. I have my seatbelt on. Right. Um, I'm going to speed limit. And I will literally wait a couple seconds before getting over. Because I don't want to rush to get over. Mm-hmm. Then the cop, you know, thinks I'm I'm up to something. Right. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll get over just to make sure, okay, you don't need to be driving behind me. I don't want you pulling me over or anything like that. But not only am I like anxious for myself, but for other people. Right. Um, a couple of days ago, I went to Walmart and I went the back way behind Walmart and mm-hmm. it was two police officers um, talking to a black man. Mm-hmm. And I slowed down and I gave him the look like, do I need to stay? Because so much has like happened right. that. I would I would hate to see wow. um, a black person killed by a cop. Right. And I was and I was there, you know, yeah. and I could have easily like recorded it or I could have just made sure he has an extra eye. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and Pebbles, that's so funny you said that. I I do that anytime I see a black person being pulled over. Or mm-hmm. a cop talking to them, you know, like you said, just to be a, a sense of witness. Um, and I think, like you said, it kind of goes um, without saying is, you know, you get that look. Are you OK? Right. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And oh. Shout out to to Pepple. Shout out to our, our African-American queen for yes. having that heart yes. and that soul to look for a brother. Thank you so much. Mike. No doubt. Shout no out. doubt. <laughs> Shout out because, you know, even though people focus on the African-American men as far as um, with the dangers of cops pulling, you know, them over and everything like that, it's still our African-American women that are also at risk as well. Yes. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to have the conclusion of this episode of Racism and Your Mental Health, Part 1. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Um, we're back. 
So I want to start off with this question. Mentally, how do you guys cope with seeing the deaths of African-Americans through the media? Now, with me, because this, to me, it's, it's just mind-bottling, that mind-blowing of, of how of every day there's an African-American getting killed, it, male, female, um, child. Just the, uh, I think was it yesterday or two days ago, um, the cases with the, the two guys were hung in, um, was it California, I believe? I believe it's California. Yes. And it's, it's just like, wait, this is 2020. And it, things are supposed to be getting a little bit better, but now it's like we're taking one step forward and you're taking two steps back. Like we're, we're, they're hanging now. It's lynching. This is just ridiculous. But then they're calling it, you know, suicides. But we all know it's not suicides because why would we hang ourselves? That's, <laughs> we, we don't do that. Like that, that's just, no, we don't do that. Not at all. And it's, it's just crazy to me because those two cases happen in, in, um, California with the hangings. And then I want to say there was one in Georgia as well um, with another case of, of hanging. And it's, it's just, it's ridiculous that all of this is, is happening right now. It's ridiculous. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, tra uh, Travis, can you can I go first. Sure. Uh, well, to be honest, I am mourning. I am grieving. I'm sad. I have actually a lot of emotions uh, going on at once. Um, I'm angry. I am hurt, um, fearful, anxious, you know, so many different emotions and adjectives to describe uh, what's going on, uh, on on the inside because a lot of these things have been happening for so long, and I think that uh, things are surfacing now just because of the platforms of social media. But there are countless others that that I am sure uh, deaths and hangings and murders uh, that we perhaps have not seen. So uh, it, it just it makes me feel really bad uh, that these things are taking place. Uh, and sometimes it just feels helpless, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it feels like a, a sister or a brother. Uh, anytime uh, an African-American, uh, their lives are, are taken senselessly, uh, I grieve, I, I mourn. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like a part of my, you know, it feels like a, a part of me uh, mm -hmm. because I think about the fact that it could be me, exactly. you know, so I, I'm very, very uh, emotionally affected by it. And not only it could be you, but it could be your family. It could be your mother. It could be father, brother, sister, anybody. And and can, yes. I, I just can't imagine coming home and getting the news that, you know, a relative of mine is has been shot or has been killed. Yeah. 
Uh, and I'll, I guess, kind of go ahead and, and harp in there. The What it does mentally is it kind of goes back to what Travis said. I mean, you get every emotion from A to Z. Mm-hmm. I think the first emotion people get is a sense of anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what else you could not feel as a black man seeing one of our brothers being murdered. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and let me even back up before that, before feeling all of these motions from A to Z, it's almost like you're numb. And the reason I say that is because it's been going on for so long and nothing has been done as far as justice. Right. Mm-hmm. And these are things that, like you said, Anthony and Travis, have been going on forever. Um, just due to technology, we're catching some of them, but there's ones that we're still missing. Yeah. So it's almost like every day you turn the news on, you're almost expecting it. So you've become numb to it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the feelings that you do get once it, it once it hits is definitely, I think, uh, uh, anger being the first frustration. And then you are, you're fearful at that point. I mean, you're scared because like you, like you said, getting that phone call that that happened to your aunt, your uncle, your brother, your friend, your dad, one of us on this call. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a scary feeling. And I think what it does to uh, men mentally as well, too. I think sometimes we compress that because maybe we can't go to work and talk about it. Right. Or even with us uh, amongst our friends, we don't necessarily always um, express our emotions the best way. Right. So I I think that it's it's actually maybe even becomes pent up inside of you and, you know, continues to mess with you mentally beyond the first initial shock factor. Yeah. Right. Right, I agree. Pebbles? Um, in regards to the video, specifically, mm-hmm. watching um, my people um, murdered, mm-hmm. I I can't. And I've, I've, for a couple years now, I've chosen not to look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Just to protect my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, because I still, after watching that, I still have to show up and be productive mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. I still have yeah. to go to work. And it's hard for me to do that. I know um, a couple years ago, and this is when I was in grad school, mm-hmm. I had watched the Khalif Browder documentary. Mm-hmm. And this was like a multi-part documentary. Mm-hmm. And I still had to go to school, sit in class being a program that is full of white women mm-hmm. who are happy, laughing, giggly. I couldn't function mm-hmm. because that was what was on my mind to, mm-hmm. to, to see how a guy lost his life mm-hmm. over something that he did not even do. Right. And that's common for black people. Mm-hmm. And so to know that, to experience that, to see that, and we still have to get up and go to work. Yeah. 
I can't. I I as as far as the um the George Floyd murder, I couldn't watch that. I walked into my parents were watching it on the news, and they showed a clip of um they showed a clip of it on CNN, and I had to leave the room because I don't. I I feel like black people. We don't need to see that for mm-hmm. the simple fact we know it's happening. Mm-hmm. I really feel like white people need to see that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we're not oblivious to what happens to us. Right. Yeah. Like, do you, I, I just feel like, do you know how strong we have, or do you know how strong we are to constantly experience the same thing over and over and over? Don't have justice mm-hmm. but still we're we're still moving in the world exactly mm-hmm. we're still we, we've been de- we've been dealing with trauma since we were brought here since we were brought here exactly yes. and, and for me like i like to i'm not going to ignore it like i for me i'm i'm i receive it better by like reading reading articles right but watching someone take their last breath by the hands of someone else, right? I just, I can't, I can't. Like it'll real, it bothers me. And like y'all were saying, these I don't know these people, but because I relate to them on on the level of we have the same skin color, so they're no different than me. Exactly. Exactly. And. Uh, piggyback of what of what you said, I did not watch the full video. I watched um, a clip, and out of that clip, it, uh, honestly, my emotions—I was just stunned. You know, I was stunned to the fact that he was—he was. He was the cop had his his knee on his neck and you are just you're helpless and you are begging and pleading for air and air yeah and you for air and you can't get it and i just i was numb and and it's it and to me it's amazing that um, white people, they're oblivious to this and they're just now, quote unquote, being woke. They're just waking up. They're just seeing what's going on. But and yet this has been happening for years and years and years. Like I, I actually had a conversation with my mom and I asked her, I said, how in the world I just don't understand that excuse. And she explained to me that, you know, you got to think of it this way. People, some people live in a bubble. So whatever happens in their bubble, that's Mm -hmm. in their bubble. So the outside world, that means nothing to them. So you can say that unless it's unless it's affecting them directly, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, it's, they they don't want to see that. And like you said, Pebbles, 
they need to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They need and to. And I think what was different about this, which rest in peace, George Floyd, your your death will not go in vain, brother. But for people to see someone being treated almost as a animal, mm-hmm. dehumanizing him, mm-hmm. it. I, I don't care what race or what color, like brown, white, purple, yellow, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna feel the effects of that. Right. Exactly. You are like it, it's no way you can't feel the effects of it. If you don't feel the effects of this, you're you're heartless. You're soulless. You have no soul. I'm just gonna flat out say it. You have no soul. You have no heart. There's no yeah. other way to say it. <laughs> it's it's true. It's the truth. If if you were not, if you didn't, if you weren't touched, if you didn't feel anything from George Floyd's death, if that didn't move you in any type of way, and if you continue to live like nothing has happened, then to me, you have no soul. Like that that's just my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But um I'm going to uh I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because we've got next week or uh my next episode. Yeah, it will be next week. Um either next week or the week after. But my next episode for part 2, I'm actually going to talk about um the rallies. So the rallies and the actual fear within the rallies. How do you feel when you're at a protest? How do you feel when you're around all of these people? Because now you're getting into the COVID situation. So we're going to have a discussion on that. Also going to continue on with the discussion of police uh, brutality. So this just opened up um that door to that episode with part two of racism and mental health but um thank you guys again so much for joining me on my first episode um thank you again any final thoughts from you guys well thank you so much for for having us uh we appreciate this opportunity i think i for for everyone. This has been an enjoyable podcast and an opportunity to share the hearts of uh, uh, pronounced and uh, professional African-Americans. And we just thank you uh, for this opportunity. I want to encourage every listener to keep hope alive, keep faith alive. Knowledge is power. Uh, and we should continue on fighting the good fight of faith, making sure that our voices are heard no justice. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Hey, Anthony, uh-huh. uh, again, just want to thank you for, you know, having us on. I think it's been a great conversation. Um, and um, we, we have made progress, but yes. the fight will never stop. Definitely. Um, and I, with, with what Travis said, the biggest thing is for people to educate themselves and we have got to make sure that we are getting out and voting. And don't have this attitude of your vote 
doesn't matter or if my state's a red state, then it's just no point in me voting. Because if if one person thinks that, then 10 people think that and so on and so forth, then that's what's going to happen. But if you guys change your mindset, then, you know, things can change for the better. But um, but again, thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you again to my guest. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to part two. So I am out and enjoy this song as uh, this podcast ends. Thank you guys.